speak. Sometimes one way, and sometimes another, even though people may not understand it. So God is speaking in, in different ways, but sometimes we don't get what he has to say. And, but in this room, we got a whole bunch of people that hear God speak regularly. And right here, we've got six of those. And I'm excited. We're just going to talk about some of uh, their experiences, some of our experiences. And I believe this is going to be a powerful way to, to see how God is, is really, really speaking. So, sound good? All right. Um, first, I'm going to ask this. It's kind of funny seeing Tom and Jehu a little low there. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, the first question we're going to ask is a couple of these people is, what's an, an unusual or a unique way that you've heard God speak to you? So, Rachel, could you start us off with a, a unique way that you've heard God, God speak to you? Okay. Um, well, I grew up in a Christian family. And I chose to follow God when I was pretty young. But I, it was kind of a traditional background. And we didn't, I was taught and I believed that the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were for the Bible time people. Good for them, you know. Um, and when I came to college, I immediately fell in love with this group of people um, that was associated with the church and the campus ministry I was attending. They were so full of joy. They were so real that I was, like, craving. I was like, oh, I've, it just had been so dry in my life up to that point, and I was craving that. And um, so it was all going great until about a month later, a guest pastor came, and he spoke about, just kind of mentioned offhand the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit, and I was so offended. I was so mad. I was like, how could this be? Like, God, you brought me to these people. Now you're wrong, and I have to leave them, and all these, you know, I was dramatic. But um, I, uh, I, I... I pretty much tore apart my friend that was taking me home that day, and I was like, how can you guys believe this? And she very calmly and patiently explained where I could find it in the Bible. <laughs> so I went home, and I studied the, the references that she had given me, and I, I had to admit that maybe I was wrong. Maybe I wasn't right about everything. And I um, it was kind of, kind of, but I was still wrestling. Should I, should I go or should I stay? And I just had this thought pop into my mind. I know it was from, from God. And he said, you can go. That's no problem. It's not wrong to go. But if you go, you will stay the same as you are right now. And as soon as I heard that, I, it broke. I, I knew it wasn't me. I knew it was God. And I, just, I was, like, so desperate enough in my own soul. I knew who I was, in, and I was so wrapped up with fear and insecurity. I knew that I didn't want to stay the same. So after that, I was like, no matter what the cost, I'm staying. I'm in. So that was one of the times that God spoke to me and really had some change in my life. <laughs> yeah, that's so powerful. Yeah. Um, there are, one of the ways God speaks to us is through dreams sometimes. And Tom, could you tell us a story of one of the ways God's done that with you? Sure, I'd love to. Um, I don't know if you guys were like me, but <clears throat> when I was a kid, I'd lay in bed and say, I'd just lay there and say, God, please just say a word to me or let me see you and and did that over and over, and I probably still do that today, you know, but I, I just vividly remember being a kid and doing that, and <clears throat> I have to admit, I, I've never heard his actual voice, you know, say, here I am, as much as I wish I could have, although I've heard other people have, which is great for them, but uh, but I have heard him speak to me in other ways, and dreams are a big part of the way he's talked to me, and um, I, I, one dream in particular, 
stands out. Um, one time I dreamt that, I'm a landlord by the way, if you don't know that, I have investment property. And one night I dreamt that I was going by one of my rentals <coughs> and I saw uh, a moving trailer backed up to a house and there was somebody moving uh, and I, had, I could just see the house where it was in my dream. And uh, I went up to the, the person and they said, oh yeah, we're moving, you know, and this house is for sale um, if you want to buy it. And so um, that's the end of the dream. But I woke up and it, sometimes when you wake up and you, you've had a dream and you just can't go back to bed and you think about it for a little bit, I think that might be God telling you something. So, you know, I thought about that. And then during the day, that very next day, I was driving around by my rentals and I said, what the heck, I'm going to go drive by that house. And although it was not that house, two houses down, I saw people going in and out. There wasn't a trailer or anything like my dream, but people were going in and out of the house carrying furniture. And so uh, I'm a very shy person, and normally I wouldn't do this, but I went up to him and I said, oh, wh wh what's going on? And there was a, a young lady that said, well, my mom is, you know, she's older and she's uh, going to move. And so I just, uh, oh, by the way, would you like to bid on this house? It's going up for auction. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And believe me, <laughs> I ended up getting a house. <laughs> and, and it's been one of my better investments. Uh, so, I mean, I just praise God for that. That's all him talking to me. So, like I said, it was the very next day that I saw that. Yeah, it's so great. I love how even in things that maybe we don't think are as spiritual, but our business, and which is an important part of our calling, and our provision, that God cares about that, and he speaks to us. abdulia has got some, God speaks to her in dreams, too. Tell us about that. Um, so, yeah, God communicates with me through dreams sometimes. Uh, mainly when it's something that really needs to get addressed or something just to give me good news. Like the most recent one was that I dreamt about a friend that was pregnant. And when I met with her, I was like, oh, I had a dream that you were pregnant. And she was like, ah, there are some chances that I might be. <laughs> so <laughs> that was good things. But I have also had uh, spiritual dreams, like battles, uh, more like nightmares. And then I will wake up like like just praying or, um, and then the first thing that I do uh, as the next day, I'll meet with Jonathan and I'll be like, hey, I had a dream because most of the dreams are related to the church. So like attacks to the church. Um, uh, I even had a dream where like Jonathan uh, was killed so I just met and talked to him, and um, so we started, like, praying protect protection for the church. Um, and the most recent one was um, about having a divided heart. So, again, I met with Jonathan. I told him, like, hey, this is what I'm dreaming. Is there something happening? Um, so after I talked to him, uh, we or he, God put in his heart to bring one of the guest speakers that he was going to do it later, like in April, uh, to do it sooner so that, like, the church will hear the message that he had for him or for us. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, a lot of Abdulia's spiritual dreams are more the nightmare category or negative things, which a lot of nightmares are not from God. They're, they're from our own soul or from the enemy. But there also are, are warnings that God can be warning. And we were talking about this. It's funny. Because most of these things that she's dreamed, they haven't happened. Like, I, I'm still alive, thank God. <laughs> you know, and, and that may be a, a spiritual meaning, but, the, but they're warnings from God to, so that we can take action and prevent what the enemy would want to do. And it's powerful to see how, how God's done that. Uh, one more of these. We could go on and on. 
I, I heard so many stories, even just talking to them, that I wish we could we could have all day. Um, but we can keep sharing these. But Sagar, I, can you share uh, a unique way that you encounter God, and maybe even related to how you first came to to experience Him? Um, most of the unusual feeling God is you know, at times. Um, um, I I was I born as a Hindu in a Hindu family and. Uh, um, as a Hindu tradition, we seek God, uh, but we seek God in the wrong place. So we, as a, as a, as a tradition, we, um, I used to get up in the morning, five, take a mat, go to the hill, uh, sit there and meditate for 30 minutes, expecting God to speak. And this was a, a long process of my life. Um, and one, I kind of came to one point, saying, I, I have to make a conclusion. There is no God. There is no such God who is going to speak. Then basically, I give up. I gave up the idea of God. And here, um, later, one of the one of my friends invited to the uh, Bible study. He kind of keep bugging me every week. I said, Okay, I'll come this week. So I went there. I sat there. They had this worship. Only five, six people. They had worship and shared some message on fruit of the spirit, as you are sharing. And and when I entered that place and they were worshiping, I, as a Hindu, before I understand the spiritual realm, and and I am sitting in this room with these people. This is such a peace. I understand why. I never understand why. So I continued to go every week, and, and one of the message was fruit of the spirit. They, they start to share every week, and one of the idea was if you follow Jesus, you'll get uh, loud joy, peace, and nine fruit of the spirit. And it starts okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, I said okay, I will uh, follow this Jesus. God, if you, he gives the this fruit, love, joy, peace, and I continue to go to church and hear the word. It was awesome. But one night I was praying, praying, because I don't know how to pray. Um, I was just sitting there thinking, and it was like a pop-up message in your mobile. Cling! And it's like, uh, quit the job, go to a mission. Uh, no way. <laughs> I don't know Jesus. I don't know Bible. Why you? Why I should go to mission? Why I should quit the job? Anyway, next next day was church. I said, okay, last time I'll go to church and say goodbye to people. And I went there. There was a speaker from from the other church. Um, they were sharing about the story of a, a guy, um, how he came to God, how God spoke to him. It was the it, the story was all my life story of how he how he met how I met. Uh, Jesus and uh, how God spoke to him one night and asked him to do this and I was like sitting there God has been same word and I've repeated I was like man this is God this cannot be anything else and uh, that was the decision I made to follow Jesus awesome (laughs) all right well, those are some of the more unique ways we've experienced God, heard God's voice. I want to just ask this, is what's the more 
I don't want to say normal or, or common because it's not a common thing. I mean, it's not something to take lightly. It's very valuable. But what's, how does God, how do you more oftenly hear God speak with you? I'm going to talk about some, what that usually looks like on a day-to-day basis. So, um, Elaine, could you, could you talk to us about what your experience is like in that? Jesus since I was a little girl, and uh, I believe he's spoken to me often in my life, but a few years ago, my, uh, I became very desperate for God. Um, there was kind of a crisis in my life, and I had no control over it, and um, I began, I knew that uh, the only answer was with him, and so I began to cry out, and that's actually when I started having um, quiet times in the morning that were consistent. Uh, I would get up an hour or two earlier than I needed to. God woke me up, and he will wake you up if you desire. He will. You don't have to set your alarm. You'll just tell him you want to. He'll wake you up. And so I'd get up, and I'd have a quiet time, and I would pour my heart out to him, and it, it just started that discipline, and it was great. Um, and then I took a, a class in a church that I used to go to, and it was called Listening Prayer. And the teacher talked about how God talks to us and uh, specifically and tells us things. And, you know, and, I've, and so I, I was already a seeker. I was seeking his word. I was reading books. I was listening to CDs. I mean, if you looked in my house, you would see this collection of CDs of all these teachers. And it's like I'm always just like feeding, feeding, feeding. I'm kind of like an obese feeder spiritually, you know. <laughs> but uh, it's like never – maybe never quite satisfied with what I was getting until this particular class. And what she had us do is she had us journal and ask God questions as we journaled and let him speak and write what he spoke. And we, it was all like in a classroom, and we just had to kind of start writing. And um, I'll never forget the first time this happened in my home. Uh, I, I, I asked God a question, and I just kept hearing just floods of words come in. And so I picked up my red pen, and I just started writing. And uh, it was so fast, I knew I couldn't think of it. And then when I went back and read it, I knew it wasn't from me because it wasn't, wasn't my thought. So I'm just going to share a recent activity and just let you know, just because just I, thought, I thought this might be valuable. You know, I'm older, but I still struggle with a lot of things that probably I've always struggled with because I'm human, and I live around people, and I have disappointments, and I live with myself, and I have disappointments, and so I still struggle. So um, a while back, not this year, but um, another year, I uh, wrote this. It was on February 16th. My birthday was a couple of days earlier, and uh, I said, and I was really struggling with something. Um, I always try, uh, we, we, I manage a dental practice, and so I always, I'm the one that buys the birthday gifts and the cards and all that kind of stuff. And I always try to uniquely figure out each person. And I try to really be generous as I do that, you know. So it came my birthday this year, and um, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't receive anything. So this is what I wrote to God. Oh, Lord, I need your heart. I need your help on this. Not one employee gave me even a card or a gift. Um, well, one of the doctors did make me a cheesecake. I mean, I just really talked to him, you know. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> it makes me just not want to give back. Ugh. Um, somewhere inside, I think, good. Uh, maybe now I can love them differently. Um, and I started thinking, I'm never going to get them birthday gifts and cards again. Because, you know, they don't give back. I'm not going to give them. And then I wrote, die, flesh, die. Please, I need to hear you, Lord. This is what he said to me. Self-pity is ugly. You hate it in others. Hate it in yourself. Rejoice in the blessings. Rejoice in the friends who did send you cards. Rejoice in those who love you. Rejoice in my love, Elaine. Speak words of gratitude. Be the giver I made you to be. Now others can see how you love and appreciate even when they do not. This will set you apart. Besides, it's not your love. It's my love in you caring for others. So don't take pride in that. <laughs> I just added that. <laughs> okay, live in me. Remember what I gave, and people still cursed me. All I ever did, this is Jesus talking to my heart, all I ever did all I even existed to do was to love. But in return, I got a lot of hate and greed and jealousy. You are blessed because you know my love. Love well, love large, love in spite of, love real, just love. It's like it lifted it. It just lifted it. I saw Jesus. I saw all that he gave, and he was perfect, and he was still cursed. And so I just want to encourage you that God really will speak to you in your journal. And I just was going to show you a couple of things. You know, I have a, one journal that the front of it says, can't stand me journal. I must die to self, but how? It is just vomit. But it's like I vomited to God, and he spoke to me. <laughs> it's like it was a one month. This is a one-month vomit journal when I really disliked myself. <laughs> um, and then I have a journal that God's told me to minimize. And I need, to, I need to minimize. I finally decided I'm just going to journal about how I need to let go of things and, uh, and have more of him. But I just tell you that um, the reason I think it's really good to journal and record what God says, and this is what I do. I pray. I have my quiet time. But if you don't take time, you won't hear. I think it's, it's important to get quiet before him, to give him time to speak, to shut out the voices and the interruptions. To ask him hard questions, to seek him, to be honest with him, and to draw near. How I do it is I just pour out my heart, my concerns, my worries, my fears, my insecurities, my questions on paper, and he speaks to my heart. And then I record what he says in red. Um, I always have a chance to either go to God and get his truth, or to go to myself and hear my own opinion or to speak to others about their opinion. Um, the first wrong sin, the first wrong choice was Eve getting the opinion of Satan and listening to it. And I think that's where we sometimes start off wrong. So I encourage you, journal, journal. You can go back to it. You can read it. And we, we, we forget. So it's good to journal so we can remember what God said. Uh, a lot of good stuff in there. I, yeah, I, I love the honesty, you know, that we're coming to God honestly with our real questions and feelings and, and then listening to what he has to say. And it's amazing how much he is ready to say when we're ready to, li to listen. And then I think even that writing it down, it's that it, 
if God is actually speaking to us, do we value it enough to, to put it on paper and remember it? Because, man, if, if this is God, this is something really to treat with, with value. So, yeah, thanks, Elaine. Uh, Jehu, what about you? How, how do you typically, what's it like hearing God's voice? Um, beloved people of God, uh, I, bless, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Um, so how do I hear from God? Um, I just want to give a quick picture. I hope it's going to stay in your heart. Um, hearing God. I want to talk about hearing BBC. We all know that right now, um, BBC is speaking in this very room, right? Nobody can hear it because we do not have a radio. I want to say that God as well is speaking to us right now. But we must hear him through the Holy Spirit. So God is continuously speaking in our life, and sometimes I find that in every decision that we take, the Lord has something to say, but hearing from him it's a skill that we practice. It's something that we do continuously. It's not only for the person we want to marry, the place we want to live. It's actually for where we want to go in the morning because we can have a great contract. It's about everything that we want to do. So I encourage each one of us who have already heard from the Lord to make it a habit in our lives. And the filter of the way of the Lord is His word. It will probably never tell us anything that is not perfectly in line with his word. So, Can you describe a little bit about just what does his voice sound like to you? Okay. Um, the voice of God to me is, I have a lot of voices in my head, but the voice of the Lord is the smallest most of the time. It's the one that I do not want to listen. It's the one that is the most persistent, but it's the one that is not the loudest. So that voice is the one that you're going to listen to when you surrender. Mm. And when you listen to it, I think that your greatest regret is, why didn't I listen to that voice earlier? Mm. Because you've been fighting with that voice for days, months. Some of us, years. Mm -hmm. But it's the voice of the Lord. Yeah, so good. Thanks. Rachel, why don't you tell us, what's, what's that voice like, or how do you... How do you often hear God's voice? Um, for me, the most common way that I hear from God is through song and worship. Um, and it can be a random song on the radio, so that's happened before. But uh, most of the time, it's through intentional um, times of worship, whether it's in church or on my own, specifically on my own. I feel like a lot of times God will speak more clearly. Um, but usually it requires me kind of turning off the voices in my head and making a choice to worship God because he's worthy of worship, whether I feel like it or not. Um, and I, uh, when I do that, when I make a choice and I start concentrating on the lyrics of the song, what does it mean about God? What is it saying about my life, my situation? Um, and what is it's like revealing about his nature and character? A lot of times God will open up like a pipeline to his presence. And it's just so like full of joy, full of life, refreshing. And when, when I'm in that place, he can do anything. Like, he can move things in my heart. He can convict me of something ugly in my heart. He can, um, like, remind me of his nature and character, remind me of his sacrifice and his love. 
um, like I said, just refresh my joy and peace, give me his love for people, or give me a hope for a situation that I'm going through. A lot of times he just restores my hope and my faith through yeah. him. Awesome. Thanks. Um, Sagar, could you, maybe anything you have to add about what God's voice sounds like to you and then just what you've learned about hearing his voice? Voice in the uh, the beginning of walking with God, or just when first time you get up in the morning, the Bible opens the doors for you. I think I go like thirty seconds. Okay, this is how. But that is not what. Of course, God. That is the way God has been speaking through Bible. But the way I have been learning is to read the Word more, and um, um, it's. The one thing I learned is just it's always a choice you make. It's like God has been speaking through the Bible and through you, as Brother said, as you have to tune yourself. And for me, it's always the issue with my soul. I want to do a lot of talk about a lot of things, what others are thinking about, what others have said, or what is my future um, ideas. But it's always bring my soul to a place of saying, okay, let's spend time with God. Or let's listen to God. Just like bring the, bring the soul to a rest. There's a time when God, I can hear, I'm able to hear, okay, God talking to you sounds better. So it's always the issue with soul to rest. And mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that place of stillness, of rest, of, yeah, good. Uh, just a couple more. Maybe, Abdulia, what have you learned about hearing God? Um, sometimes we think that it's God, but it was really you. So just to trust in him again. And I've gone through it myself where I started doubting that I could hear from him. And I will be like, okay, that's just me, so now I'm not going to go with it. But every time that it's him first you're at peace so you're gonna and you know it in your God like you know that that's God um, so when you're obedient and when you do the things that he's asking you to do he's gonna be faithful and he's gonna prove himself to you mm-hmm. good Elaine you had it just what's the the thing that was told you once about how to discern God's voice from uh, other voices a one time said that if you're questioning the voice that you're hearing uh, just remember that it's either the shepherd or the butcher uh, if the voice is caring and loving and giving you good direction and uh, even correction, it's 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 a shepherd. It's what a shepherd would do. But if it's condemning and harsh and hateful and makes you feel ugly and um, uh, uh, shameful, that that's not that's not God's voice. God's mm-hmm. voice will sound like the voice of a shepherd. That's yeah. really helpful to me. It's good. All right, we want to take just a couple minutes and give you all a chance to ask any questions you have about hearing God's voice. So, anybody got a question? Can just yell it out or raise your hand if you are like being a student. Any questions? Brogan's got one, all right. Craziest thing God said or asked you to do? 
Jim and the leader had some issues. We had a, we both fought and I had to, I came out of the mission. And for a year, I didn't forgive this guy. But I have all the right to hate this guy <laughs> and tell God how, how badly he treated me in front of everybody. And I had the right to say to God how he treated me. Every morning, God will wake me up at 3 o'clock and pray. I, I don't want to get up at 3. I want to sleep. And I'm, I'm 3 o'clock, exactly at 3 o'clock, my mind is awake. But I'm, my body wants to sleep. But I was, okay, I will pray. I was praying. God says, let him go. Let it go. I'm like, forgive him. Mm. I don't want to forgive him. He did this. It was hard. It, it was hard. But the moment I say, okay, I will forgive. And I prayed for this guy quickly right there. And the whole burden for a year I carried, mm. it was gone. I was a free man for that instance. I was carrying this guy in my head for a long time. Mm -hmm. And the next day, what, I, what happened, the same day I told, what happened was I called and I went and I met this person and he was broken. Mm. And uh, he, he, uh, he, uh, he gave me a hug and he shared um, how, how wrong he was to treat me like that. And he, he, he was holding that also, but it mm. was, God was asking me to step out. Probably God was asking him to step out and do that, but it was a choice um, I had to make. It was tough. Yeah. Good. Uh, that's a good example. It's funny how sometimes the hardest things aren't like, you know, something that you would think would be so scary, but those forgiveness and choices really are what's the most challenging. Yeah. Good. Anyone else? Yeah. Um, just a couple things. One time God asked me to take flowers to a lady that worked at the laundromat, and I felt ridiculous because I didn't even know her. And uh, I, I did take her flowers that day, and she had just lost a parent. Mm -hmm. And she <coughs> cried when I brought them in, and she said, thank you so much. How did you know? And I said, I, didn't, I don't even know. But anyway, that was kind of cool. Uh, another one was uh, a, a few years ago, I wanted to go on a mission trip because I really wanted to go to this place in Atlanta. And you all, the students were going to this place in Atlanta, so I kind of jumped in there and signed the thing. Well, then I went to the, like the little mission meeting in Lawrence, and I and all the kids were playing games. <laughs> I was like, "Wow, what am I doing?" And I think Reagan even said to me, "Wow, you're really brave to go on this mission trip with these kids." <laughs> and so then I started talking to God. I started doing this, you know, talking to God, telling him all the reasons. And I did the, the listening prayer journaling. I just told him, God, I. I really, this is a bad time to be gone from work, and this is ridiculous. This is really my heart. And I, you know, at the end, I said, okay, but I'm just going to ask you, what do you want me to do? And he said, go believing. And it turned out to be a wonderful trip for my heart and my soul. Awesome. Great. All right. I think we have time if there's one more question that someone really wants to ask. This is your chance. Quinita. That's a good question. How do you wrestle through all this stuff in your mind? Actually, in two weeks, we're going to talk about that very question of <laughs> distractions and all the, the barriers. But let's, does anyone, one person maybe have a, yeah, Jehu, go ahead. Okay. Um, 
very difficult to answer the question of depending on what you're wrestling with. Um, but I will say something that I've witnessed generally. No matter what is happening in your life, you probably have a lot of voices in your head. And I don't want to get too deep on that. But we live Some of us more than others. <laughs> <laughs> but we live in a, in a spiritual atmosphere of the nation we are in. And some places we live in, people experience a lot of hatred or they experience a lot of any type of things. So in our mind, we can hear this type of voices. People maybe are complaining and we adopt the way of living and it's hard for us to get out of that. So one of the things that I find very helpful is to go back to the word of God. Because if you have something happening and you're trying to find an answer, you're probably wrestling with yourself. Because you have a problem and you try to find a solution, but you're trying to do it with human means. And you do so, you fail. And what's interesting is that God will probably not tell you, go knock at that door, they will give you a million dollars. But he'll probably tell you something like, come closer to me. Because it's in his presence that he will give you the answer to your problem, which is actually not a financial problem. It's a spiritual problem. And for me, for example, I was wrestling with my previous life because I wanted to be someone who was was going to do something. And with Christianity, it was hard for me because I felt like I had to do something. And I was asking God a lot, how many hours do you want me to pray? How much do you want me to read the Bible? And I was asking those things. And I was looking for answers, but there was no, there were no answer, and I was just like giving up. And I opened the book of Hosea, chapter six, verse six, and he said, "What I want from you, more than sacrifices, is the knowledge of God, is that you love righteousness and that you walk in love." And I was like, "So is it that simple?" And the God said, "Yes, it is that simple." <laughs> so the whole time you were fighting against yourself. So God is always equal to his word. And I think that his word is a great baseline for whatever we're going through. Let's go back to his word and his presence. That's where all the voices shut up and we hear the voice of God. I just want to kind of tag on what he was saying. That was great. Um, Like using the scripture to like speak it out loud, especially if you're on your own, take some time, speak it out loud. It lets your ears hear it. It puts it in your heart. And the more like you have it in your heart, the more you're able to confess it when you're in in your car driving or wherever. If you're not right by the Bible, just keep sp- like speak. Even if it's a verse you just remember from your childhood Sunday school or whatever, like speak a verse like and believe it in your heart as you're speaking it. And a lot of times that will help kind of crowd out all those voices and just yeah. remind you like take a step of faith. Good. Yeah. Awesome, Rachel. Yeah. I was just thinking we probably need to hear from Tom once oh, more. Well. <laughs> This is a little off the topic, but I thought of another way that I hear from God, and I think a lot of us do, um, coincidences. I think too many times we, we chalk it up to a coincidence, and it's not. Um, examples, you hear a Bible verse that touches your heart, and then all of a sudden you hear the exact same Bible verse like two times in the next three days out of the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. You hear that one again. I think that's God talking to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have another one that... Well, let's say uh, you see somebody outside, um, and you see them, and you hadn't seen them for like four years, and then all of a sudden you see them two more times that day. I think that's God telling you you need to go talk to them. You know, they're there for a reason. Just little things like that that some people might say, oh, you know, that's just a coincidence. And then 
I kind of have one that really hit home with me. One time I was praying about, and this is another financial one, but uh, I have to share because it's another big one for me. I was praying about whether I should buy some property in Topeka, um, which is on Washburn Street, and you know I had no idea about whether I should do it or not, and I really took some quiet time to try to decide. And I'll tell you what, I opened my eyes, and I looked at my guitar, and my guitar said Washburn on it, and I had no idea that Washburn made guitars. And to me, that's more than a coincidence. He's telling me, yes, buy these properties on Washburn Street. So I mean, just look for things like that, and just don't call them coincidences, because you can follow God that way. Yeah, that's so true. Good. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. In the next five minutes, I'm going to try to bring this home with a couple of Bible verses that talk about what God's Word says about hearing His voice. So could, let's give a hand for our panelists and ask them any other questions you have. Y'all can sit down. I think I'm going to grab this, actually. Um, I think this is important. I, I, I think we could just put a bow on it and go home and it'd be good, but I think there are some principles and truths in the Bible that it's important to, to to see or behind this, and it's not just our experiences, although the experiences are obviously what this is, what we want to experience. But I just want to go through, this is kind of like a talk show, two, two lists, all right? I'm going to go through two lists. There's a lot of content here, but I just want to get them down so you can jot them down and, and have them in front of you. How we hear God, first list. Well, what are some key ways we hear God? And these were all things I think that were said. Number one, the Bible. We can be like, oh, God, if you would just speak to me. That'd be awesome. And it's like, hey, here's 66 books, hundreds of pages of God's Word, readily available. And this is the, the, num- the most important way we hear God, is by reading His written Word that He's given us, that is authoritative, that is unchanging. And it's, it's how we read it, too, though. There's, it's not just reading it as, as, as facts, but it's, it's what's called the logos and the rhema. There's a word for, for word. which is logos, which is like the fact and the idea. And this is the logos of God, and Jesus is the logos of God. It's the idea, it's the truth. But then there's another word that's in in the Greek, where the New Testament's written in, that's rhema. And that means the breath of God. And so the goal is that when you read, say, God, would you speak to me? Would you make this alive? And then that's when the logos jumps off of the page or touches your heart. And God is, is making it apply to your life. He's speaking the very thing he wants for you in that moment. So that's, that's the goal. All right, number two is inner impressions, nudges. The, the still, small voice that was talked about. Jehu said it's oftentimes the, the softest voice is, is God's voice. And we have to learn to discern that. It's, if I told you, hey, in your mind, think pizza. And you, in your mind, you, that you, hear, you can hear that word. That's kind of how God's voice sounds. It's kind of like your voice, but it's, 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 you learn to discern it. And one way to discern it is oftentimes, like they were talking about, it's telling you things that you wouldn't necessarily think on your own. It's and to be more courageous than you would be on your own, or to be more generous than you would be on your own. Earlier today, Krista was back at the sound table before the service started, and she said, hey, I've got these two boxes of, of Girl Scout cookies, Thin Mints and Lemonades. You all can have them. She's like, and she said, I felt like something told me to just give him away this morning. And I said, that was the voice of God. 
At least if that was, if I had that voice, that wouldn't be my voice. That would be something outside of me because that would be way more generous than me. And so if you're prompted to do something that's generous or courageous, a good chance that's God. All right. Uh, three, dreams, visions. And you could even add angelic visits. I've never had one of those where an angel spoke to me. But dreams and visions are, are very common ways that God speaks to us. Acts chapter 2 talks about that, the fulfillment of the, the prophet Joel. It said, in the last days, God will pour out his spirit, and your, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Fourth way is what's the spiritual gifts, which are called prophecy, a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. A prophecy is when God gives a person a message for another person. So in your, in your mind, God speaks to you, and then you speak that to another person. That's prophecy. And that, in the New Testament, is considered so common that whenever Christians got together, that was expected to be one of the normal things that happened, is that God is speaking encouragement to other people. Um, a word of knowledge is just a fact that you wouldn't know by yourself, but God speaks it to you. One time I was in a bathroom at Wendy's, and I heard a voice in my head say, Jack Chalfant is in this restaurant. And I went out, and I looked around on the far side of the restaurant, what I never would have seen was my friend Jack Chalfant. He was there, and so it was, God was setting things up. The word of wisdom was just like Dave talked about last week, the Holy Spirit giving you wisdom that you wouldn't have otherwise. And as you're talking to someone, you find yourself giving them wisdom that is from somewhere beside, beyond you, and that's, that's a word of wisdom. Five, other people. The fifth one is God speaks to us through other people. Um, this is, we could talk so much about this, but oftentimes we hear his word through others. In the story of Paul, he, he got saved through this radical experience with Jesus spoke to him and blinded him, and he saw this light. And then the voice of God, which he heard audibly, said, go to this city, and it will be told you what you must do. And he's like, well, why didn't you just tell him? You're already talking to him. But he went to the city, and then God spoke to another believer and said, hey, go talk to that guy, Paul. I've got a message for him. And so that guy, Ananias, went and talked to Paul. And Paul had to not only hear it from God directly, but through another person. And that's, that's oftentimes how it works. Um, another way is, is peace, a sense of peace. Um, Eric Wisdom here, he loves to say, you don't know when the peace came, but you know when it leaves. And when you're in the, the place of God's leading, there's, there's an inner peace that he gives us. And when we're out of that place, there's a lack of peace a lot of times. So that's one way God leads. And the, the, the last one is what Tom said, cir coincidences or, or circumstantial evidence. God can just, there are things that it's, there, you just see the circumstances, and if you have discernment, you can realize there's something more going on here than just what I would see by myself. And it takes discernment sometimes to realize that God is orchestrating circumstances. Now, you don't want to be led by circumstances. Um, but you see, like, like in the Bible, people, like the apostles, they saw, like Paul saw, that when the Jews rejected the preaching of the gospel, he said, okay, well, maybe it's time for us to start bringing that message to the non-Jewish people. And they sensed the, the leading of God through what was happening. And so you don't want to be, though, like, hey, if there's an open door, that must be God. Like, that's one way God leads. But just because something is easy doesn't mean it's God's leading. So it, it takes discernment. All right. Um, good. How do we listen? Or how do we improve our hearing? First of all, we've got to be spiritually reborn and filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a spiritual thing. And so... The Bible says before we're born again, we're dead. And dead people can't hear very well. 
We're spiritually dead. We can't hear God very well. And so we need to come to God and, and be born again. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, that awakens us. And there's something, our spiritual senses come alive. Uh, another thing is to confess sin. Psalm 68, 66, verse 18, the psalmist says, If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. We're going to talk about more, this more in, in a couple of weeks, too. But sin is a barrier in our relationship with God. And so it's important that we confess the sin in our life and turn away from it to have a, a good, good relation, good, good to hear God well. We've got to approach God with faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who seek him. And so a, a heart of faith puts us in a position of confidence to receive and hear from God. God speaks to us according to our hunger. So it's according we, the hungry we, hungry we, hungrier we are, the more we're going to hear him. The more you read the Bible, the more you pray, the more you have a quiet time, the more you're going to hear God. The more you put yourself in a position to seek him more you'll hear him. It's connected to listening. It's what some of them talked about. Elaine talked about creating space in our life, listening. I love what it says in Luke 8.18. Jesus said, so pay attention to how you hear. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. So the more we listen, the more understanding we have. There's an issue of confirmation. There's a biblical principle that says every truth of God is confirmed by two or three witnesses. So and this is especially true of important decisions in your life, that it's God, if, if, it's, if he's leading you, he will confirm that. So nothing he says will contradict his written word. So if you're thinking something is God, but it's different than what the scripture says, then that's not God. That's something else. But oftentimes... Um, your, your spouse, your friends, a mature believer, you can talk to them, get their advice, or God will confirm it through a prophecy or something else. There will be two or three witnesses to help you know what God's leading is. And finally, obey and learn. The more we obey what, what God is speaking, the more we learn to hear his voice and the more that communication happens. And it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay, like Abdulia was saying, like she had thought she heard God, but it was off, but then God came right back through and spoke to her many more times. And so it's, it's, it's good to risk and, and learn, and as you do that, you hear God more. I just want to close with this. One more story Abdulia told me um, is that this fall, she was, she was going through a time of, of she, had, she had had some places where she wasn't sure what God was saying or she missed it. And then she had this, she thought God spoke to her and said, buy your friends for Christmas. She was thinking, what should I get them for Christmas? This was in October. And she, she had this thought, she thought it was God, buy them passports for Christmas. Now that's an odd Christmas gift, right? And so she's like, oh no, that's weird. I mean, you don't, how do you, I don't buy a passport for Christmas gift. I don't want to do that. But this thought just wouldn't go away. So October went, November went, and every time she'd think about it, it was like, buy them a passport. And it got all the way to the place where a little bit before Christmas she was going to see them and wanted to give them a gift. And she, she, she finally went ahead and went to the post office or wherever and got the application and wrote a check for, for two passports, the, the amount to give to them. But she was still like trying to think, what else could I give them? Isn't there some other gift? But she couldn't think of anything else. So finally she, she met with them and she gave them these passport applications with the check to buy two passports. And as a husband and wife, and the wife, her name is Rhonda, she just started crying. 
Because what had happened is the night before, she had a dream. And in her dream, God spoke to her that, that their prayers, she and her husband's prayers and their preaching were going to bring revival in another culture, in another nation. And then she woke up, and as we tend to do, she was doubting. Oh, I don't, you know, that seems pretty audacious. And she heard the Holy Spirit say, the gift that Abdulia gives you is going to confirm my heart for you. And so when Abdulia gave them the passport applications, they, it was a confirmation. Oh, my goodness, this is God. And, and then after that, they heard of an opportunity to go to Cuba as part of a missions trip, and they're planning to go this summer, I think. Um, to go preach the gospel in Cuba. But it was such a powerful way of God setting them up for what he wanted to do for their lives, and, and that's what he does for us as well. So it's worth it. It's worth listening. It's worth stepping out. It's risky, and God uses us in powerful ways as we do that. I just want to pray for us that we hear God more. So let's, let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much that you speak. Lord, thank you that the yearning of our heart to connect with you and know your voice is, is something you fulfill. Lord, I ask by your Holy Spirit that you would lead us more fully in experiencing this in our own life, that we would, we would have more and more stories of hearing you and following you and coming to know you. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. We'll go listen to God.